This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Diamond Shine. Diamond Shine is the premier car wash chemical manufacturer dedicated to maximizing the profitability and performance of car washes nationwide. Visit diamondshine.com today to learn from the industry experts. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Well, welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. This is Henry Lopez, along with David Begin here for this episode. This is Hiring Part 3, the third in a series of episodes on the topic of hiring, and we'll have subsequent episodes as well. Uh, the first couple of episodes, episode one was on the topic of recruiting. So you may want to go back and listen to that episode if you have not. And then episode three was on screening prospective employees. Today in this episode, we're going to focus on the process and the systems that you should have in place once you've selected an employee. So we're going to break it up into two parts. Dave and I are going to chat about what we call the HR onboarding process or system and what we do there and what we recommend others consider doing there. And then the, the important topic of initial training, and then we'll, we'll leave it at that. So we'll have quite a bit to talk about there. So again, as we've mentioned before, hiring, David, we look at, and uh, others that do it well, look at it as a process instead of a one-time event, right? Absolutely, yeah. And this is where a lot of car wash operators, this is where you'll see a big divergent between car wash operators. Some people do this part very well and some people don't do this part at all. They just yeah. basically get the person on board and get them working. Um, and they forget that people are still interviewing. Although they've hired that employee, that employee is still in the interviewing process mentally with the car wash. They're still trying to decide, is the decision I made worth it? And sometimes at the levels that we're hiring at, depending if it's a line worker, uh, a car wash tunnel attendant, uh, customer service manager, whatever you want to call them. Um, some people will come on board with the thought, I'll give this two to three weeks or a month and see if I like it or not. And if I don't, then I'll move on. It's relatively easy to quit a job nowadays. It seems like a lot of the, the, uh, a lot of the social norms that you and I grew up with when you quit a job where you gave them two weeks notice and you were worried about a good reference, those don't seem to exist as much anymore. So people are much more willing to quit a job. And if they don't like what they see or don't like what's going on, they'll, they'll readily quit. So you must keep in mind that people are still interviewing in their mind and they're deciding whether they want to stay or not. And the better you do this process, the better you'll retain employees and not have to hire again in a month or two. Agreed. I think it's such a, a big point, David. A couple of things you hit on there that I want to come back to. That that setting of that tone, it goes both ways. Exactly right that you are, the employee is judging whether this is going to work for them. They're judging also what type of a place is this? Is this a professional environment? How am I going to be expected to behave? So they're looking for how do I fit in here and how do I need to behave? What is the standard here? What's expected? Yeah. Is this a place where little things fall through the cracks or people don't really pay attention and I can get away with something? And people naturally look for what that tone is and adjust most people 
adjust then their performance and their behavior to what they observe to be the standard that's being given to them, right? That's being sure. projected or given as an example to them. Yeah. And I don't think anybody takes a job. I would say the most people take a job with the desire that they'd like to be somewhere long-term. I don't think people enjoy the job search and the interviewing and the hiring process and the fact that they're not making money when they're unemployed. So I think people do go into this with the expectation they'd like to be somewhere long-term and it's incumbent on the employer to set up an environment that makes us look like, yes, this is a long-term, very professional organization. We hired you for a reason and we have a plan for you to be successful. And I've also experienced, David, that employees, by and large, we, we've gotten this feedback specifically, not just in the car wash business, but in other businesses that we have owned, that people appreciate, employees appreciate that there is a system or a process in place for various reasons. One, it, it says to them, it signals to them, all right, this place looks like it's, it's got their act together. They've got a process here. Um, it looks like they're going to give me proper training so that I can excel in my position. It's, it's a place that that isn't just hiring me and then throwing me out there and having me have to learn it the hard way. Uh, it respects me. We, we've gotten that feedback so many times. And in, in, like I mentioned, in previous businesses that I've owned, people appreciate that. They see that you're investing in them. And that in turn, I think, affects the type of employee that you're going to have long term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's surprising where those people came from, too, because you can... A lot of employees that we've hired have come from franchises like fast food franchises and other places that you would simply believe would have a tremendous training and onboarding process. And either the franchisee doesn't follow a process or the franchise doesn't have a process. But coming from those large organizations, I'm even surprised that uh, there's not a onboarding and training process for those employees. So, yeah, I agree. I think we've gotten some great comments from employees thanking us for having a process People do appreciate that. Um, they they want to be trained. They want to be successful. They like to know their systems. And the better you can demonstrate that, I think, the better you can retain your employees. That's the biggest issue I think we have in the car wash industry is retention of our line employees. How do we keep them? How do we keep them motivated? And how do we train them? So to that point you made earlier, though, as with the fast food industry, what you find, though, is operators, you say, you know what, they're going to quit anyway. I'm just going to churn through them. I'm hiring continuously. Why should I waste my time with any kind of a formal process when I, I just continuously hire? So what do you say to that operator who has just found, for a combination of reasons, we believe some of them self-imposed, that they're just churning through people so they don't see the value in spending the time to do it a different way? Yeah, I think you've got to go back to episode one and episode two, where we talk about um, recruitment and hiring. And if you're hiring the right people for the right reasons, I think you have a higher level of retention. I think if you're just in the process of hiring a warm body because you need somebody on Monday and you really don't care about their skills and abilities and attitude, then I think that's what you're going to end up with. So, you know, make sure you're doing all the good things for recruiting to attract good qualified candidates and Make sure you're hiring good qualified candidates, and I think that improves your position in terms of having a good employee that you're willing to make an investment in from a training standpoint. Agreed. All right, let's get into the HR onboarding process or system. I'll kind of walk through it more or less chronologically, starting with the, the simple, sometimes seemingly simple, but it's 
It's interesting how sometimes people are not even given directions as to where to show up, who to talk to, who's going to greet them. Again, going back to that initial impression that you're making on the employee and that initial tone that you are setting with the employee, there needs to be some organization, some professionalism to that process. Now, you might be a small operator and you may not have an assistant or an HR person. So who is responsible? Is it the site manager or someone else? Or is it you as the owner or the operator who's responsible for meeting with that employee that on that first day when they show up and setting the right tone and getting them started? It could be any one of those people. Uh, it depends on if you if you delegate that to your site managers, if you delegate that to your administrative person. A lot of organizations have an HR person or a part-time HR. It could even be the owner if that's what you decide. But I think a simple email to that individual, congratulating them, welcoming them, that could be a standard template email. And then put the time, date, and location where they should be and explain to them what the first couple, three to five days are going to look like as far as training is concerned. And then putting a link uh, with to, to the website if there's information you'd like them, for them to fill out beforehand. Or, you know, make sure you put your telephone number in there in case something changes that they can call you. But, uh, you know, a simple email template could could solve all those problems that you can send. Plus, one thing I think you like to do, Henry, is you like to say, we've hired you for this position. Here's your starting salary. It's hourly. It's weekly. It's monthly. Whatever it is, just to set the right expectations. And so, therefore, there's no question when people show up. Right. Work. Yeah. That's, that's something we borrow from the corporate world, right? Where that's, that's the way it works in the corporate world. And I think we need to try to apply that, even though this might be a line employee, but, but there's no reason not to apply those systems, that professionalism to our small operation. Yeah. You can still do that with a simple email and um, make it, make it very easy. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a part-time HR person. So the way we do it is the HR person will do the initial onboarding with them on the first day that's typically the paperwork that you need to fill out um, when it comes to hiring an employee, making sure that you have all the correct paperwork filled out, making sure they're eligible to work, make sure that uh, you've got all their payroll information, make sure that the government, the federal, the state, and the local government requirements are met in terms of paperwork. So, um, you know, those are, those are important things, but that needs to be done the first day. So right. Right. plan on at least half a day. And then probably after that, then the review of the policy and procedures, usually an employee manual. Um, we, we have an employee manual that we review with our new employees to make sure they understand the policy and procedures, the rules, what they're allowed to do, what they're able to do, um, what, they're in, what the law entitles them to do, what the law entitles them not to do. Yeah. All right. Let's break that down a little bit more. And let's go back to in your case, you've got currently two wash locations. You've got an HR person. Uh, they do that part time. But what I want our listeners to consider is you can you can outsource this. You can hire part time people to do it. There are companies that provide that type of service. Uh, you might want to check with your CPA or attorney. They might offer these services. It's more affordable than you think, and it allows you to start if you haven't implementing these types of systems which are going to pay off. But if it's yourself doing it or your site manager, that's fine. What you need to have in place for that person is a system. And as you've heard us mention a million times before, what we mean by systems, while certainly we'll talk about in a moment, a software system like QuickBooks, what I'm talking about is simple checklists. So we have, for example, 
and we'll have these available on the show notes page for this episode. You can download an example. We have an employment checklist and that helps whoever that person is who's responsible for onboarding that new employee. There's a checklist that lets them know, here's what we have to capture. And so some of those things you you touched on, but it, it certainly should include at a minimum the completed application that that employee completed. That should become part of their file. From a federal perspective, as you touched on, you need at least an I-9 form, which is a proof of ability to work in residency, and the W-4, which is their tax deduction election. So those are two federal forms that are required for every employee, no matter where or what state you are in. Um, and then there might be state-specific, and often there are state-specific forms or additional data that you have to capture state by state. It's very different as to what you might have to submit to that state's workforce commission. So you need to be briefed on that. And that's something that if you don't know what you're doing there, I, we strongly suggest you consult with your attorney or a CPA to make sure you're doing it the right way. Because the last right. thing you want is the state to show up and audit your records and you've got missing pieces, right? Right. And just to go back through some of those forms, the employment checklist is the top form that goes with the employee file. So we create an employee file. So it's a literal manila folder. And we have employee file, blank employee files ready to go. So when we onboard somebody, we've got all the latest forms in the system, in, in the file folder already. And that's another important thing to remember is you got to make sure you're dealing with the most up-to-date forms. So every six months, my recommendation is go online, go look at the the latest I-9 form, go look at the latest W-4 form, make sure you've got the latest form. And if you look at the paper copy, it'll give you a revision date on it. And on the website, it'll tell you this is the latest revision date. So it's important that you're using the latest forms because if you're not, that's an error, the area of contention that authorities will, if they want to get, get you in trouble, they're going to use that as a reason to get you in trouble. That's right. So make sure that's correct. Um, a lot of these forms are PDF forms, can be PDF fillable forms, so you can fill out portions of it. You can put, fill out the employer portion of it initially, so you put the employer address, the name of the company, who the person that fills that out. You can save that, and you can, as a fillable PDF, and either produce that online when you're onboarding the employee, or you can print a bunch of copies and stick that in the folder if you need to. Um so the other thing about the federal I-9, I-9's online as well, and the, the, the W-4s are online. So just make sure you got the latest one of that. But um, going back to the employee checklist, that's the checklist that we use to onboard the employee. Make sure if we issue them, t issue them shirts, keys, alarm codes, whatever they've got, that's put into that form. And if for some reason we let them go or they quit, that's also the, the out-processing form that we use to make sure we get all those things back. When did they quit? When's their last paycheck date? Are they eligible for rehire or not? That information is put on that form. So it's a one, one-stop shopping form that's at the top of the, the folder. And the other trick that we use, I don't know what those, those two-hole punch things. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call them, but you know you can you, the, the punch is two holes. We put in, we punch two holes at the top of the Manila, Manila file envelope and. We put certain documents on the left and certain documents on the right, but there's no documents that are loose in that file folder. 
And I think that's very important because you can lose documents. And if you lose documents, you're going to put yourself in a bad situation if you're not careful. So make sure that those documents are secured in those in those manila folders, those two punch. And we need to know what the name of that is, Henry. I don't have any idea what those things are called. <laughs> well, it's but. just a two punch. Yeah. And, and you okay. can buy these manila, these folders that have these, uh, the best way to describe it is these, these metal tabs that you put them in yeah. and you just fold it. And that, like you said, holds everything in place so nothing can slip out or fall out. Right. Right. Yeah. And so um, I want to. What I'll do is I'll put a, I'll put a link to uh, that item on, you know, Office Depot or something. I'll put a link on the show notes page so people who don't picture what we're talking about can see it. And then, of course, as I said as well, we'll have a download example of this employment checklist that we keep referring to. Yeah. This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Diamond Shine. Diamond Shine is the premier car wash chemical manufacturer dedicated to maximizing the profitability and performance of car washes. Efficiently producing clean, dry, and shiny cars nationwide, Diamond Shine helps operators create a top-notch wash experience and satisfied repeat customers. From branding and marketing to on-site problem solving, Diamond Shine's team delivers results. Visit diamondshine.com today to learn more from the industry experts. So, yeah, we ready to talk about I nine and E Verify? Yeah, let's do that. So let, let's talk about what you do there. Uh, e Verify, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, is a federal system that helps you identify the uh, authenticity of the proof of employment, basically the social security, and whether that person, uh, whether the documents that they've given you are confirmed at the federal level. And it's a level of verification from the government that says, if you follow the process, then you've done everything that you possibly can to verify that this employee is a legally able to work at your place of employment, right? You've done, you've exhausted the maximum uh, that the law requires um, to, to an extent. So, but it's optional. So E-Verify, I don't know, maybe over a certain size, certainly businesses our size, it's optional, but you, you use E-Verify, correct? Yeah, we've used E-Verify for years and years and years, and it's essentially an electronic I-9 form. So, You'll get your employee to fill out the I-9 form, which gives them, you know, they have to have two documents, federal documents, either a driver's license, social security card is typically what most people have. You have to have at least two of certain types of documents, or if you have one of a certain type of document, like if you have a passport, for example, that passport will suffice as identification. And then you enter, you put this information on your I-9 document, and then you take that and you enter it into the E-Verify system and the E-Verify system will immediately give you verification that these documents are correct, these documents are linked to this individual, and that uh, uh, hiring is authorized, I guess. There's a term that they use, but they'll let you know that um, you know you can go ahead and hire this person. Right. If not, there's a process you can put them through. So if the documents aren't correct, then you give that document back to the employee and you say, these documents didn't match up. You need to contact them to get these things corrected. And what that, you know, so that whole process of doing it electronically makes a lot of sense. Before, when you just filled out I-9 documents, they sat in your folder and you hoped that the information they gave you was correct. But now you can actually go verify that. And I think it's a good idea, especially for car washes, 
Um, there was an attorney that spoke. It might have been five or seven years ago when I first started E-Verify, but he was talking to car wash industry individuals about the benefits of using E-Verify. And he said, it's a good thing because it shows your company is complying with hiring laws. Car washes in the past have notoriously been bad about hiring undocumented workers. And especially in California, New York, some of these really large states were very bad about that. And so car washing has gotten on the radar screen of the immigration folks as an area if you wanted to go, let me use the term raid a business to find out if you've got undocumented workers, car washing is a great opportunity to do that. The belief from this attorney was if you are using E-Verify, when they're going down the list of who they think they want to raid this week, if you're using E-Verify, it'll dramatically decrease the chances of that happening because it shows that you're making an effort to comply with the law and you're verifying your employees. That's right. That's what I've so, heard as well. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's a great insurance policy from your standpoint that you're using E-Verify. Um, it just takes a few minutes to do, and it gives you peace of mind that the employees you're hiring are eligible to work here in the United States. So I would highly recommend people do that. If you're a large car wash chain, you certainly should be doing it. Even if you're a small one-unit, two-unit car wash chain, um, you should go ahead and do it because it, it, uh, takes that, it takes that question mark out from your mind as well as any any of the authorities that might be looking at your business I think it decreases their willingness to want to check up on you. The other piece of advice that attorney gave on the I-9s was separate your I-9s from your employee files. If you do get visited by um, federal authorities that are immigration-based, they're going to ask for your I-9s, and you're going to have to give them those I-9s. If you give them the entire employee files which contain the I-9s, that now becomes evidence that they can use to check every little thing in that employee file to make sure everything's correct. Interesting. If they come in and ask for the I-9s and all you do is give them the I-9s, then that's all they have access to as far as information. So his advice was keep separate I-9 files and and even separate that further between current employees and employees that no longer work for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So if they want to see the I-9s for the current employees, it's a much smaller file than if you gave them all your I-9s. Do you make uh, two copies, one that goes in your employee file and then one for this file that you would hand them? No, I typically just keep the I-9 separate in a separate file. Now, make sure you're filling out your I-9s correctly because if you do not, you can be fined for that. So if they want to find opportunity to make some money off of you, they will use your inability or your carelessness with filling out I-9s as an opportunity to find you. And that's happened. And we're talking thousands of dollars per form that's not filled out correctly. Right. So make sure you're doing it correctly. If you've got an administrative assistant who's doing it, make sure that person is doing it correctly. You need to check up on those periodically. You need to make sure those are in the files you need to make sure they're not in the employee files. Make sure, you know, your people are following the procedures that you've established. But keep those things separate um, because I think it'll save you some time and, you know, some heartache later on um, if there ever is a problem. Yeah, you touched on something there which I think is important with any system, particularly with this process of all of the documentation, all of the paperwork, is you need to audit this on a periodic basis. 
and, and check whether it's once a quarter, at worst case, once a year. I think that's not frequent enough, but you need to make sure that you're checking this. And it, it's, it's interesting how when you don't check it, the whole process can kind of get lax and sloppy. And so it's very important to make sure you spot check or audit the process and make sure that for every employee, you've got all of the paperwork in that file. Right. Right. Now, so I, I would say once once every six months, throw them on the conference okay. table, mm-hmm. get all the employee files, start going through them, make sure everything's in there. Every state is different on this, David. In Texas, the file, the employee file is supposed to live at the address at which the employee works. I believe it might be different in Colorado. Yeah, it is. It's got to be accessible. It could be at a central office but it doesn't have to be where the employee works. So that's something you have to find out for your specific state. Make sure you're familiar with the particular laws for your state. We don't have any clue what they are state by state, but make sure you understand that regulation. Uh, in Texas, if they show up at the, pl- at the place of business where that employee works, that's where the file should be, yeah. uh, or at least or at least copies of those documents, right? That doesn't mean it can't be at your corporate or home office as well. Right. Um, so, so I just wanted to make sure I clarified that. Let's talk about employment application. Why is it important for the employee to sign the employment application and why should it be in their file? Right. And we'll have an example of an application for you to download as well. You're asking all types of uh, questions there, legal questions. I mean, a good application should ask questions. You may ask questions, for example, if they've been uh, uh, charged with a crime or if they've been dismissed for other legal actions. You're asking perhaps for permission to run a background check. All of those things often might be or should be probably part of your application process. And when they sign it, they're saying that everything that they've provided you, the information they've shared there is to the best of their knowledge, the truth. And so that's, they're, they're committing to that. And if they lie, if you catch them in a lie later on any of that, that's certainly one reason for dismissal. Uh, but it's also your documentation that you're using the information that they provided you, right? Right, right. So that that's an important part of the HR process is to, have them sign their application, make sure it goes, it's part of their employment record. So it's the first document that they fill out and it needs to be correct and truthful and accurate. And if it's not, you need to have, if you don't have that application, it you, know, you can't prove that what they said isn't true. That's right. All right. And then you touched on the employee manual. The other thing that we do at sudden period of time after they've excuse me, reviewed the employee manual, there's an acknowledgement page at the end that they also signed where they're acknowledging that they've read that. And we'll get into a little bit more about the contents of the employee manual in a moment, but that also goes into the file at the appropriate time. Right, right. And it's important for them to read that because the policy, if they don't, they, they can't claim that they don't understand the policies or they didn't understand the policies or they weren't told the policies you know, when you have them sign that manual, they're very clearly saying, I read this, I understand it, and I agree to abide by them. Yep. All right. So then all of this, ideally, you're capturing not just in paper form, which you meet, you have to, you need to carry, like we just talked about, have copies of these things, the application, the I-9 form, the W-4. We talked about E-Verify, by the way, E-Verify is free. There is no cost for that. You sign up for it, but there's no charge for that. But then when we're talking about a software solution, we use QuickBooks. And so let's talk about that. I don't know how anymore these days because of the affordability of software tools like QuickBooks and Peachtree and others that you can justify trying to manage HR and in particular payroll without some kind of a software tool. Right, right. And I think, I, I, um, 
you know, QuickBooks is just one tool. We like QuickBooks because of the integration with our financials. That's one reason why we use them. But some people use their CPA to do the That's payroll, right. That's right. which is perfectly fine. I mean, you got to figure out what that's going to cost you in terms of time and effort. You know, they're responsible for filing all the, the payroll forms and taxes and everything else. QuickBooks, depending on the level you get, will do that for you automatically as well. Um, boy, I tell you what, I recommend getting somebody else to be responsible for that because we, we tried it probably for what, two years, I think for one of our companies and we just kept messing up. We, you know, we, we did not get the things filed at the federal level or the state level on time correctly. Um, the bookkeeper wasn't experienced in doing that. And so we were messing up and got, finally got to the point. It just wasn't worth it. But to be clear now, you're using uh, Payroll Advanced or what, what is it called? You're using QuickBooks, but you're yeah. using the full service QuickBooks, correct? Well, there, there's a medium one. So we, we still we still manage our employees, but we put in the time, we execute the payroll, we run the payroll, um, and then they take care of all the, the payroll taxes and forms yeah. filings. So it's kind of an in-between. They do have a version where all you have to do is enter in the enter in the time and they execute every bit of payroll. So there. the takeaway is that there's all different levels. Even with QuickBooks, there's different levels of service. And what are we paying more or less for the that intermediate intermediate service that you're using now? What is that? I think it's between sixty and hundred dollars a month, plus two dollars an employee per pay period. Right. So it's so very affordable for for what it's doing for us, which is calculating all those taxes. Those are ever-changing, doing all of the filings, all of the reporting, all of that. Now, you can choose to do some yourself if you want to, if you don't have as many employees, but you need a software solution like QuickBooks or hire it out to your CPA or there's third-party uh, soft, uh, uh, providers that, that provide that service as well. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that I know use you know, uh, paychecks, ADP, um, to do their payroll. So they take it completely off their plate and, and for them it's worth doing. So that's right. it makes, makes a lot of sense, but don't, don't put yourself in a situation where you're trying to do the payroll taxes and the compliance part of it. Cause you're going to get yourself in a world of hurt. Impossible. There's, I just, there's no way you can justify spending the time on it today. And the likelihood of making an error is extremely high. So let's wrap up on HR and onboarding. So the checklist, as you mentioned, is is the key component to this system, having an onboarding checklist. And again, we'll have an example of that on the show notes page on the howofcarwashing.com. Just go there, look for this episode, go to the show notes page, and you'll see an example that you can download, an example of an application, but this checklist, again, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It's just a paper-based checklist that we use so that you know that you're executing every time the same way, and that's the system. And then, as we mentioned, you audit this system on a periodic basis, whether it's every six months, every quarter, so that you make sure you've got what you need in those files. And again, you need to be very aware state by state of what the state-specific laws are, so you need to have consulted with your attorney and or CPA on what else there might be required for your particular state. Yeah. And give you a little tip too, if you're going to go with QuickBooks, any payroll, if you're a Costco member, if you look at your benefits in Costco's, you get discounted um, enhanced payroll. So if you're doing the entire system, they'll give you a pretty good discount for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the how of car washing. And thanks to our show sponsor, Diamond Shine. 
Please visit us at thehowofcarwashing.com for the show notes to this episode. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.